Welcome to a special uh, segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. Uh, this is not something we typically do, uh, but there is an important piece, uh, we believe, uh, that Professor Johan Kirsten, uh, a director of the BER, and myself co-authored for the conversation. Uh, and the piece is available. We will put out the link uh, so that you, you can read it. But we thought it's important that we just jump on a call and speak about a few highlights um, of that piece uh, for the benefit of the folks that are following uh, this podcast. So good morning, Prof, and thank you so very much for, for joining me on the call. Good morning. Thank you, Wandili. Prof, I think the, the best way maybe we, we can take this conversation is if we, we sort of provide a view about why did we write this piece. I know why I came in when you invited me on the piece, but I would like to get your, your sense about what was your general thinking uh, before starting to craft uh, this work. Yeah, I, I think the, the first thing is that one um, gets a bit frustrated with uh, debates on agriculture and land, with people not having uh, facts at their disposal. We always talk about empirical or evidence-based policy making and evidence-based uh, debate, but nobody spent time and effort to get the evidence. Um, so we're working closely with um, um, a number of researchers, uh, yourself, and also Johan Borman that carries a daily process of recording deeds, transactions, and making sure that it's uh, making sense so it's a quite a detailed exercise to have um, data that is not commonly available. And the frustration is also the Department of Agriculture, which should give us a good number of where the progress is, mm. is not providing us with, with data. You yourself, you know how difficult it is to get data from the land reform guys at the Department of Agriculture. So, uh, and, and so the best thing you can do is then go back to the, the, the transactions uh, of land and then figure out. And then also the beauty of mm. our piece is that with your links with Stats SA, we were able to get data, that uh, micro data that helps us to, to deal with the size and numbers of farmers that are often misinterpreted. No, absolutely, Prof. And I think for me, it was also those points that you, you are alluding to on why I, I came in into, into this project to, to, to work with you on. Because what I typically find is also the fact that we will be all be passionate as South Africans about land reform, but the base at which we move from is not the same. You hear others with their land audits talking about a particular percentage of land reform that has been done. Others are talking about 8%. So I think that modeling of all of the statistics has been uh, quite, quite, quite an issue. But Prof, for, for those that maybe may be jumping onto this podcast and not uh, been following uh, South Africa's uh, land reform, do, do you mind just uh, painting a, a briefly about, about the picture uh, of, of South Africa's uh, land reform? Why we're doing this? Why we're having this conversation? Adding on to the points that you've just made. Yeah, so we must remember that uh, our land reform program started post-1994 and basically 96 with a, um, several um, programs um, that supported the process of acquisition in the market. Then um, uh, that happened, ran for about 10 years. And then following that, 
there was also uh, during that first period there was also a restitution cases so the land claims court the land claims process and the restitution of those um, previous owners of land was a substantive pillar the land redistribution was uh, done first in the first 10 years through a process of support to acquire land in the market and then um, that changed in 2006 with the proactive land acquisition strategy where the government buys land and then now leases that out to black farmers uh, on a not very optimal basis. No. So um, that's the one thing and then obviously the other pillar of land reform is land tenure, um, uh, upgrading of land tenure rights which nothing has happened. So in essence we are um, uh, recording, far, trying to find out the exact progress with that but we also know that there are other actions of government and individuals that also support the land reform process. No, absolutely, I'm proud on that. And I think the, the other thing then to, 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 to what you say is usually also the, the, the confusion about agricultural land um, in general in, in South Africa, which I think it may have seemed uh, relatively small to us when we were working on this piece, but I think hopefully it will assist uh, our, our people. Because I think the, the important fact is that if one looks into South Africa, we are fairly a big country, 122 million hectares. But if you think about how much of that is agricultural, um, uh, then you find that, especially the one that is sitting in private lands on, on agriculture, it may be something around about uh, 77 um, million hectares or so. And I think the addition of the article, in my view, Prof, which is what I find useful, was clarifying how much of that could be used for crop farming, how much of that uh, is not very optimal for, for farming, so that we don't all see this big country and think that um, anyone can farm at, at any place. Yeah, now that's important, and I think the reason why we get to 77.5 million hectares is that there's a large chunk of rural and farmland that is in the former homeland areas, in the South African Development Trust areas, in the Inguavuma Trust. So they have different land ownership uh, regimes, mm-hmm. which uh, is very difficult to, to assess. But uh, if you subtract all of that uh, land and you subtract the cities and you subtract the roads and you subtract the mountains and you get to the um, documented land, then you get to the 77.5 million hectares. And as you rightly say, uh, the majority of that land is pastures, 50% in extensive Mm. dry areas, 20% in intensive pastures, which is high rainfall or irrigated. And then you have a very small percentage of land that is arable. Mm. And it's roughly, I think if we remember correctly, about 20% of our land that is arable, where irrigation can happen, orchards can happen, grain production can That's happen. That's correct. Yeah. So the, the misinterpretation um, of agriculture as only crops and horticulture is sometimes difficult. It is a very high value. But then we forget about agriculture of chickens in houses and eggs in houses and beef and feedlots. Those are usually done on good land, but they're in houses. And, <laughs> and so, pigs in houses, yes. Pigs in houses, you know. So the, the, the reality of agriculture being intensified almost in like factories is mis, misconceived. And then you have the extensive livestock in the rest that is also dominating the, the, the industry.
I think those those points, Prof, were, were very uh, impactful, which is why I'm bringing up this topic. Because if you read, for example, some work that um, researchers may be sitting outside South Africa coming with aerial map, they sometimes miss some of these slopes where you can't really do much. Uh, and yeah. that can lead to overestimation of what, um, of what we, 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 we yeah. can farm. And, and, and Prof, the, the, the other point that I found useful, I don't know how you, 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 you thought about this, was actually this issue of the number of farmers in South Africa. Because all of the talk about 40,000 uh, farmers that are owning uh, almost all of the South African uh, uh, farmland. Um, and we found that in the data, the point is not as exactly that. And I think this is something that maybe, Prof, you can weigh in so that uh, those of us that are, that are following this podcast can get a sense about uh, that particular number. Yeah. Yeah, so people refer to the agricultural census of 2017 that was released uh, early 2020, which quotes the number of 40,122 farms uh, in commercial agriculture. Well, that's not true. First of all, um, it's farming units and it's business mm. units, which could be owned. So it, it's VAT numbers. So it's VAT numbers that are uh, registered and, and farming units that are registered for VAT paying. And obviously, many of the commercial farmers don't qualify for VAT registration because their, their turnover is too small. So the point that you helped us with is to get the data from the population census and the, the community survey is to find out that there are households that generate revenue from agriculture being commercial but they're not in the VAT register mm. they're not in the business register so if you add them to the 40,000 they get to 240,000 mm. those are households with income streams from agriculture and some of them are dominant. Uh, the only source of income of the household, uh, they are even per definition very commercial. And I think the number that we got is 92,000. 92,000 of households that are getting the only source of income from agriculture, which is far more than the 40,000. And the reality is the majority of them are black. Mm. So the idea mm. that commercial means white is also a farce that nobody uh, takes seriously. They, people are using commercial as if it's white and small scale as if it's black. But there are black commercial farmers, there are even black farmers in the VAT register. That, that, that's actually probably one of the things that is usually... Uh, are, are problematic because I do think that people should say what they mean, uh, particularly when we talk about serious uh, policies. Because if you're doing a development policy, structuring it for empowerment, you want to support black farmers, th then I think it's only helpful to say so. Um, yep. and not say, oh, it's for smallholder farmers, while well, you know exactly what you mean. So that ambiguity is very unhelpful. Yeah, because the majority of white farmers are all small scale, which is then the problem. <laughs> yes, and it would lead then to, 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 to problems if we were to follow that and maybe you were designing as a policymaker um, a program for, 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 for empowerment. I think all of those things, Prof, are needed. And I, and I personally was happy when we came up with that number of 242,000 households because many of those uh, are actually people that are very helpful for household food security because they supplement all of the activities that they do 
with the with the yeah. agricultural work. Yeah, and one I think the other point that we just need to remind people about is the definition of scale. Yeah, that's Because important. If you say if you say small scale, it does not mean small size of land. Yes. Small scale means the turnover of the business, and anything below 10 million is in DTI's definition a small scale operator, small and medium scale uh, firms. So agriculture is small and medium scale firms per definition. There are only 2,700 that are big agribusinesses that are in primary agriculture. Yes. The rest are family based small scale farms they are on large areas of land small areas of land if you're in 10,000 hectares in the Karoo your revenue is 1 million <laughs> you, are small you scale. have to subtract costs and then mm. so your net in pocket is probably 300,000 mm. but in on 10 hectares in KZN with uh, intensive vegetables mm. you're probably earning 10 million mm. But still, you small scale. Maybe, Prof. Let's attach the the magic number there, which is that ninety eight percent of all farming operations um, in South Africa are small scale, exactly. in exactly that, that that logic. Because I think this is an important point. Because people say, okay, we we want things to be done, but only for small scale farmers. And then, if you say that, you mean that you will be doing things for all South African farmers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I think then, Prof, the, the other thing that, that for me what, what was important was around uh, the, the idea that there's hoarding of land. Because I remember back in 2017 when we were talking about the land reform, there were some who were of the idea that uh, we are not making good progress because uh, some white farmers do not want to sell the land. But what I found interesting when we looked at these numbers is that we have something around between 2,000 or 4,000 of the farms that are usually in the market um, um, uh, that the government and anybody can actually be able to buy land from. So there isn't really a reality of hoarding land if we follow some of the statistics that we, we found compelling um, onto this. And I would even add there to say uh, in that land, then that is liquid in that land market, There's many people that are buying land onto that because one of the key myths that one hears is that most of the black farmers or all of the black farmers uh, usually get land through the land reform uh, program. But there's nearly two million uh, hectares that has actually been purchased. Uh, people buying are uh, using their own resources on that. And I think that was also an important uh, uh, clarification of this article. And just to add to that, I, mean, I think if we have proper mortgage finance mm. at the provincial terms that white farmers had it in the early 50s, then we had more black farmers buying land. Mm. But now they have to buy land at exorbitant interest rates at terms of 15 years that are not affordable for agriculture. So if it's 25 to 40-year um, term loans um, at subsidized interest rates, then we would have more black farmers acquiring land, buying land of uh, that is in the market. Because most of the land in the market is small. It's below 300 hectares. Right. Um, and uh, um, and, it, and this, uh, the, the other magic number that we, we can quote is that 2% of all farmland is sold in the market every year. Yes, yes. So, Prof, looking at that, 
what what do you think perhaps maybe are some of the things that can be done utilizing the the land bank uh, more effectively going forward um, in assisting us in, in this? What, what are some of the key things that um, you, you, you think maybe uh, are useful? Yeah, so the, 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 I always go back to history. Mm. I don't know whether it's a good thing or not, but sometimes you learn from history is that <laughs> it's a good thing. the state capitalized the land bank mm. before uh, people ran away with all the jewels in the 2000s. The the capital was there, it was at zero cost, so your unleaning rate to farmers were below prime, was below prime. So that means that the farmer had a beneficial uh, terms to, to, to acquire the land, and we all know that the returns on agriculture is very low. You can't think that you're going to pay 14% interest with a 5% return. Mm. That's not going to work. So agriculture's return is by definition low it takes long before you repay your assets etc so your financier the development financier that the land bank should be should be coming from a capital base that has zero cost not mm. a market uh, cost of 9 to 11 percent which you add a margin of 2.5 and then you unlend to 40. it's never going to have the impact in terms of driving acquisition of farmland by by black people as we focus on it now. I, I, I think there, Prof, one of the points we typically talk about is also even how that is, is structured, giving payment holiday for the first uh, five years and all of those things. I think those are all uh, are, are key things that we need to be thinking about at this juncture to, to, to drive land reform. But, I, but I, the, the, the last point I, I would like us, because I mean, folks will go and uh, read this article by themselves. But I think the other point that is helpful to bring it in here is a progress that has been made on land reform. Uh, because we talk about, uh, and this is a point we started with, um, 8% to say black people own only 8% of South African land. But what was reformers only distributed eight percent of the land? Yes, right. But when yeah. you sort of like I look at these numbers, you look at how much government has acquired through plus how much is is acquired for non uh, non farm use, uh, black uh, South Africans buying in private uh, market, uh, some that is is got for financial compensation uh, onto that land. The number is quite huge. It's somewhere around about twenty four percent. Maybe, Prof, we, we can close off this discussion by you bringing to Carla about how we came about with that statistics uh, before folks go read the piece. Yeah, so uh, I think the, we're trying to deal with all the pillars of land reform and also acknowledging that the state is buying land from white owners and it's now in the state land holding account. Mm. So one can argue, but the state owning land is not redistribution. Yes, but that's why the state should redistribute the land. Right. So the state should not hold on the land. So the state is hoarding the land. Mm. That's the problem we're having. Because it's not only this 2.5 million hectares that we said the state bought since 2006. They own anything between 3 and 10 million hectares mm. of land, of farmland. Um, and the question is, why is that? land not redistributed to beneficiaries? Is it because of the problem of patronage? Is it corruption? Is it because of political power that they will exhort on people that lease the land or whatever? So anyway, uh, government acquired 2.5 for farmland, mm -hmm. where the beneficiaries on, I think, then 600,000 
hectares for non-farm use, which is right. probably development and city expansion, etc. The private purchases by black individuals is almost 2 million hectares. And then the redistribution program for farm and non-farm use typically added 7.3 million hectares, mm. which is more or less the the 8% uh, number that you get. So people only quote that number. They forget about the others. They forget about the fact that 3.9 or, say, 4 million hectares of land was were given back to communities through the land claims process, mm. which add, which brings you to 16 million hectares, which is 20% of the 77 million. Um, then, so it's land transferred away from black, uh, away from white farmers to the state, land transferred to blacks, land transferred back to communities. And then many communities also elected to uh, receive financial compensation for the land that was taken away from them previously. And that's about 2.5 million hectares. Um, and then if you add, so that is a restoration. So it's not redistribution, it's restoration. It's yes. part of our redistribution of justice. So you need to account for that. So if you add that, it's 18.6 million hectares, which is 24% of 77 million. Absolutely, Prof, because I think people forget the, 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 the restitution part of that, but it is an important component um, of the land reform program. And I think in a way, though, Prof, my feeling when we were writing this was also that if I was the minister or someone sitting in, 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 in the government, I mean, uh, quoting 8% is almost underestimating the efforts that the I have efforts. put in yes. making this program uh, a, a success. And I think going forward, what will be helpful is that on the land that the state has uh, be released to beneficiaries, utilizing the beneficiary selection uh, process. There's one that we did with the panel where we suggested the staff, it can be refined, but at least it is a guiding uh, principle because um, as you know, the work of uh, Professor Ruth Hall and the others, uh, they outline the patronage that has happened in land reform and benefiting largely black uh, rich men. Uh, so now yes. we can select young people, women, and anyone who, who have expertise um, onto this. The the other important uh, uh, stuff, I think, Prof, I think the, the land reform agency that is being discussed is going to be very helpful um, if it's structured well on driving uh, the land reform uh, program uh, going forward. But I think, yeah. Prof... And, 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 mm. that, and what really very important, that agency's idea is to facilitate the private process. Absolutely. So that private individuals can donate land to black individuals so that it um, uh, supports the government efforts. And mm. So all it, all the agency needs to do is to facilitate the process. Mm. It should not be a big money with CEOs and stuff. It's no, we, not, we're, not, we're not opening another SOE. Precisely, <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I'm with you 100% uh, prof on that. And I think if that can be done, and then maybe the land bank also receives some certain allocation, it gets to be uh, used strategically on supporting all agricultural side, but with a very strong uh, mandate on development. I think we'll begin to see some bit of uh, uh, progress on this. But maybe, Prof, let's, let's, let's leave it there and uh, allow folks to go and read the article. I'll link it up on the podcast um, and hopefully they, they can engage uh, with some of these facts and you can enrich uh, the discussion as we go forward. Particularly even in this December moment, there's an ANC conference yes. coming up on the 15th. 
um uh, so hopefully this will be useful for that prof it's 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 in the morning and i'm 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 grateful for your time and having taken you out of your work thank you so much for this it's a pleasure and i think if your listeners can take up the challenge to improve the data we have they're more than welcome they must tell us where they get the data yes. uh, if if we are not uh, correct please challenge us uh, but uh, i think we've we've put out uh, the best we can and it, it took a lot of effort Yes, no, 100%, 100%, Prof. I think that's an important point to emphasize that this is an attempt to contribute to the debate and we welcome any any contribution, um, additional thoughts on, onto this data. Prof, thank you so very much uh, for this. Really appreciate it. We'll talk. Okay, all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.